0: Welcome to The Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share the inspiring story of someone who has faced their share of vulnerability and been able to find success and fulfillment. We hope all our stories will help you find the strength within yourself to live the life you want and find success of your own. Dr. Brené Brown said, Vulnerability is not about winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up even when you can't control the outcome. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you my story of vulnerability, which to be honest, only started about two years ago when I lost my job. From there, I started my own business, which eventually failed, went through a ton of self-discovery and started what I thought was a personal brand. I ended up having to take a job at a factory, which is something I'd never done before, because to be honest, I wasn't making any money. And then the worst part of it all, which was realizing that my marriage was falling apart. All I know is that over these past two years, I've gone through more struggles than I could have ever imagined and come out stronger and better than I ever thought I could. What I hope from sharing my story is that it will give you the strength to start facing some of your own vulnerabilities. Start to discover what you want in life and find your path towards success and fulfillment. Now let's get vulnerable. Hey everyone. So I thought I'd get on here today and share a little bit about my story. Considering this podcast is I'm asking, you know, people to share their stories of vulnerability, it seems only right that I share mine. The vulnerabilities that I face are the biggest ones, at least have only been in the last couple of years of my life. There's some stuff, you know, early on in my life as well, but most of it's happened very recently. Now the first thing I want to do is give you my definition of vulnerability as that's the first question I ask of all my guests and for me you know vulnerability is about using that these struggles and these vulnerable moments as a strength or or as something to push us to push us forward to help us grow. Uh, I find that when you're in these moments of struggle or weakness is when you find out the most about yourself and the strengths that you have. So yeah again it's for me it's using it as a strength rather than a weakness to push yourself forward. And that's how I've used it over the last few years of my life. Now, growing up, I faced the vulnerabilities that I feel like a lot of us face, things like bullying and the struggle to fit in. You know, bullying wasn't a big deal for me. There's only a few times that I can think of when I think back to my younger years. One of the biggest ones or one of the ones that stands out most is when I was in about, I think, grade four or five, I wanted to join the choir at school but because of peer pressure from friends who said you know that's not really a thing that guys do and you should stay here and play ball hockey with us i actually didn't join the choir and i continued to hang out with those people and that sort of ties into the whole not fitting in i mean those people were people that i probably wasn't even friends with a year later but because i felt like that need to, to fit in with people and and have people accept me I decided to put one thing behind that I wanted to do just to sort of appease others. And this was something that really showed up through high school. I can remember going through high school and each year I would change the style that I dressed in, the music that I listened to, all all these sort of things just to fit in with people and be part of the clique or or you know the whatever it was whoever I was hanging out with at that time. It wasn't until I hit college, I would say, that I finally realized, you know, I just gotta be myself and dress however I want and and just be Brian. And if people accept that, great, and if not, too bad. But I I really struggled with that throughout high school. I've always been a pretty confident guy and never really had a problem with socializing, but I just I I had that that feeling that I need to, to fit in with people. I need people that accept me and you know, I just I gotta do everything I can to make that happen. So, you know, that's something that I struggled with, again, in my younger years, um, you know, and then, like I said, by the time I hit college, it wasn't really a, a problem anymore. So, I guess the, the next thing I would say I struggled with a bit was my identity. Um, for, you know, for years, uh, finishing up high school, I got into sales, and for years, I just was Brian the sales guy. I mean, I was at 17, I got my first sales job and the whole commission thing was one of the most intriguing things I think I've ever um, felt in my life because, you know, there was this, I was getting paid, but then if I sold something or a certain amount at the end of the month, I would get this thing called commission. And it was like, wow, you know, I've already making pretty good money, but I can make more money. And so for years up until about 31 years old, which is about two years ago, um, I was in sales. And, and I really didn't know what I wanted to sell. I mean, I sold everything from uh, cell phones is where I started, to shoes, to cars, to to home linens and home goods, to lighting and signage repair, and all these different areas, all these different industries. And I even remember a few years back, my wife asked me, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? To which I responded, sales. And she said, well, sales of what? Or who do you want to work for? And I said, I don't know, I just, I'm, I figure I'm going to be in sales. That's what I'm good at. That's what I know. You know, I, I limited myself to like just one skill set. And I struggled with that sort of sense of identity for, for about 13, 14 years, I guess it would be. Um, just thinking, you know, that's, that's all I'm going to do and, and not really knowing who I was or, or what I wanted to do with my life. And about two years ago, where the biggest amount of vulnerability I faced so far came into my life was when I got let go from my job. So in May of 2017, uh, I walked into the office like any other day. Um, and then the president of the company pulled me into his office and basically said, you're, We don't feel like you're a really good fit. So we're going to sort of let you go. And, you know, I was just shocked. I was like w- what like what happened? I thought, you know, things were going alright. They, they weren't great, but you know, I was sort of new to the industry and you know, just figured I needed some time to get things going. But obviously they didn't uh, feel like they needed to give me any more time. Uh, so I remember that day, like it was yesterday, I walked out of the office, I got into my car and I just started bawling. I was, you know, spiraling. I was thinking about how am I gonna pay my mortgage? I had just closed the house. I, I was thinking about what am I gonna do? How am I gonna tell my wife about this? Like just all these negative thoughts, all these things just started to spiral through my mind. And, and I had no idea, you know, like I had just zero idea of what was gonna happen next. And, and couldn't even sort of fathom, you know, how things were gonna work out. So I called my wife and, you know, again, spiraling, thinking here, you know, I'm going to call her, I'm going to tell her, I got to let go and she's going to lose her mind. She's going to freak out. She's going to be like, what, what the hell? Like all these negative sort of things. But instead, when she picked up the phone, she said, it's okay. We'll figure it out. Like, don't worry about it. And I'm sure that, you know, there are other thoughts going on in her head, but as she has for the last, you know, 10 years that we've been together, she supported me and said, don't worry about it. Like, just like let's take it one step at a time sort of thing and and we'll figure it out. And I'll admit that that did definitely calm me down and and it did definitely help but there was still that part of me that was just like, well, what's next? Like I got to get another job and and that was sort of over the years how I did things, you know, I'd either quit a job or lose a job and jump right into something else. A couple weeks before I had lost the job, though, I had spoken with a friend of mine, Eric Eklins. He's somebody that I networked with on LinkedIn, and we had hopped on a a quick phone call. He's from Belgium, so it wasn't like we could go for coffee, (laughs) but um, I hopped on a quick phone call with him, and we were just talking about my life in general, like, you know, what do you like doing, what are your hobbies, these sort of things, and... I didn't really have any answers for him You know, he asked, what do you do with your time? And I said, uh, mostly watch Netflix and just sort of be lazy, to be honest And he's like, well, does that really seem like a good use of your time? And obviously, you know, not, it wasn't, you know And I sort of knew that, but didn't really think about it or accept it And so he said to me, well, what are your hobbies? And I said, I don't really have any And then he said, well, what did you like doing? Like, what were your hobbies before? And this is something I hadn't thought about for years because I was just so busy on, you know, my career and, you know, paying bills and doing all the things that you do as an adult. And, uh, and again, you know, as I mentioned before, all I had done is sales because that identity was just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a salesman. That's all I really think about or know about. And so once I gave it a little bit of thought... I said, I used to enjoy writing. I used to write poetry and just write in general. Just it made me feel good. I, I sat sit down at a computer, start typing something, and you know, next thing you know, I had a poem or whatever that I just came up with in, you know, a few minutes. And he said, Well, why did you stop writing or why don't you write anymore? And I said, I, I don't really have a good answer for that. And what he would say next would be, you know, two words that would start to change the way i think about life and start to change my mindset what he said was just start writing so those two words just start were eye-opening for me and when he said just start writing i laughed because i was like he's right like how difficult is it to write if i want to write i just got to do it and so we talked about it for a couple minutes more and and we came up with a date that i was going to start and an amount that i was going to write and I, you know, went at it, I, I was supposed to write 300 words a week. And the first time that I sat down, I wrote 1500 words in a matter of an hour and ended up publishing my first article on LinkedIn a few weeks later. And this was sort of my first uh, sort of look at what could be or, you know, uh, that I needed to start figuring out who Brian was again and start looking within myself, start just figuring out who, who this person is. And so that led to me, you know, publishing more articles, posting stuff online, uh, doing a 30-day writing challenge and starting my journey towards self-discovery, which when it first started felt great. You know, I was reading books. Uh, One of the first books I read was The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari by Robin Sharma. And, you know, that started to give me this, again, a mindset shift of I got to take care of me. I got to figure out who I am. I got to make sure I'm happy and that I love myself and these, all these sort of things before I can help anybody else or before I can move forward in my life. you know. And I, I, I ended up getting on unemployment insurance and not going back to work right away because I figured that was a better option for me at that time. If I just jumped into another career, or another job, I was probably going to go back into sales and through this cycle of not really knowing who I was, not really knowing what I wanted to do. And that hadn't really led to great places. I mean, all those different industries I told you about a few minutes ago, A lot of those jobs were a year, year and a half, a couple of years at the most, and I I just kept sort of jumping. So here we are, you know, I'm I'm on unemployment and, you know, I've got maybe like nine or ten months of unemployment and I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do? So I decided that, you know, aside from the writing and the things that I was doing for just the enjoyment of it, I was going to start a company. So I started a company called Find and Fix and the point of our company was we were building an app that was going to get people to take pictures of signage and lighting that wasn't working and then we were going to approach retailers about their signage saying, we noticed that it's not working, would you like to get it fixed? Now the idea to me was foolproof. It, it sounded incredible and you know, i had done something similar to this with a previous job and and just thought you know we can we can do this we can make this work i have contacts and with retailers and so on and so forth and we actually ended up building an app and we ended up getting some traction with some of these retailers and we ended up getting a, a contract actually but it wouldn't be long before i'd figure out that this isn't going to be the easiest thing for me to do uh, you know we built the app like i said we had this traction, but then we figured out it's not that easy to get people to join an app and to, to, to you know, do what we wanted them to do and so on and so forth. Aside from this, I was also getting out there and, and starting to do some public speaking um, because this was something that, you know, I thought maybe I'll give it a shot because I do like to talk and maybe public speaking is something I'll enjoy doing. And I did get a couple of gigs and none of them were paid. It was just, you know... A friend of mine, Swishko Swami, invited me to speak at a LinkedIn local event in Toronto. And again, it was just this thing of let's just trial and error. And so I, as I'm going through this journey of self-discovery, networking events, speaking, writing, starting my business, I had all these things going on, but none of them were really producing an income for me which wasn't that big of a deal in my mind because I was like, I'm doing things I love, so, you know, let's not worry about the money. I'm making unemployment, which, to be honest, isn't all that much. But, you know, I wasn't really thinking about that. I wasn't thinking about it ending. I was just sort of focusing on me and focusing on what I wanted and and where I was going and so on. What ended up happening, as I said, is the business wasn't really doing that well. Speaking gigs weren't paid, and all of a sudden, unemployment ran out. And here I was now, you know, nine, 10 months later, I haven't really made any money other than my unemployment. I don't really know how I'm going to make money. And so I had to get a job. Now, one thing that I want to bring up here, and and I'll get into more detail about it in a few minutes, is that while I was on this journey of self-discovery and figuring out who Brian was and, and getting more in touch with myself and all these things, I had sort of forgotten about one person in my life somebody that i mentioned who has been there for me supported me been my cheerleader which is my wife ashley i had been so focused on me so focused on brian and figuring out who brian is and and living my best life as we would say uh, that i had completely sort of ignored her uh, i hadn't really you know, we hadn't really conversed about much. I hadn't really told her what was going on. I was just doing all of these things and, you know, going out to networking events, staying out late and so on and so forth. And there was, you know, there was just a lack of communication. So again, you know, I've, I've got to this point where there's no real money coming in. Uh, she's making bringing in most of the income. You know, just life is just sort of coming to a full halt at this point. And so I went out and I was started looking for jobs, and I didn't go the traditional route of looking for a sales job because I had seen sort of that pattern over the years, like I mentioned, of not really doing something that I loved and just doing it because I, you know, thought I was Brian the salesman and all I knew how to do was sales. So I ended up getting a job at a factory. Now this is something way outside of my comfort zone. I mean, I've sat, I've been in sales jobs, sitting at a desk making phone calls, sending emails, that was sort of my life uh, aside from t- my time in retail, which is, you know, again, more just being in front of customers and selling products. Going to a factory where I had to do physical labor, work with power tools, do these things that I wasn't really comfortable doing or hadn't really done ever in my life was definitely a shocker. Um, you know, I, I didn't even know at first if I was going to be able to do it. Within the first couple of weeks, I was like, this is not easy. and you know, should I just give up? Should I just return to sales? You know, and part of the reason I took this job is because the hours and it it, ha- it would allow me to continue chasing these dreams that I had, the public speaking, the business and so on. But it definitely wasn't easy. Uh, and it hasn't been easy. I mean, I'm still there. It's just over a year later. But I will say that there's been a lot of gain from it too. I've, I've got a lot of perspective from it. And, you know, it's helped me with just I would say even understanding people. I talk to a lot of people there, and when they ask me what did I do before, and I say sales, they're like, "Well, why are you here? Like, you could do way better in sales. You could be making more money. You wouldn't have to be doing such a dirty job." And I would explain to them, you know, that although sales, yeah, sure, I can make more money. They they need to understand that a job like that in the corporate world or the sales world, it puts a lot of strain on your your mind. Um, you know, I used to go on vacation for a week at a time and I would be sitting by the pool sending emails and closing sales rather than enjoying time with my wife or, or time by the pool or whatever, just enjoying vacation, period. And, you know, just even at work, you know, you, one month you do really well and everybody's celebrating you and the next month you don't do so well and, you know, you're sort of getting in trouble. So it's not the easiest thing on the mind you know, whereas this job, sure, it's physically hard, but the mind part is, you know, you go to work, you punch in, you do your job, you punch out, and that's it. You're not thinking about it. If you go away, you're not thinking about it. When you're not at work, you're not thinking about it. So I, I tried to explain to them this difference. And and I've said to a few of my friends, you know, this this job would be a great case study in terms of, you know, what we value and, and you know, that some people's opinion of uh, success is solely in money rather than in, You know, just having a fulfilling life. Anyways, the 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 point is, is you know, at the end of the day, as much as it was a hard job, it's actually taught me a lot, and I and I actually do enjoy it now, and I appreciate the opportunity uh, of it coming into my life because it's it's like I said, it's taught me a lot. But I want to get back to what I sort of alluded to a few minutes ago, which which is the relationship with my wife, which has. I would say been one of the most vulnerable parts of my life is just marriage, um, you know, so I'll, I I want to sort of touch on a, a bit of a, a a story that led me to improving my relationship. So I, as yeah, I was running out, as I was realizing that, you know, my marriage or my relationship wasn't doing so well, as I was trying to look for this job, all these things, I had started working with a coach by the name of Edwin. And I hopped on a call with him and I said, Edwin, you know, like, I'm kind of losing my mind here. Like, I need to figure out a way to make money. I, I, you know, my marriage isn't doing so well, you know, so on and so forth. And he said to me, okay, get off this call, grab a piece of paper. and, And I want you to write down three things that you're going to focus on moving forward. I don't need you to tell me what they are. Just write them down. And that's it. So I got off the phone, I picked up a piece of paper, and I wrote down three things. The first one was show daily gratitude and appreciation to my wife, Ashley. The second one was figure out a way to make at least $500 a week. And the third one was get more organized in my life and my business. Now, the second one was obviously taken care of with the job that I had gotten at the factory. And the third one, I've definitely seen that happen. Um, The first one, without a doubt, and, and again, I'll get into that, what was amazing to me though is that I wrote this down, and I didn't look at that piece of paper for another probably eight months, but somehow subconsciously, the whatever you want the energy of the universe, however you want to look at it, had got me to do all of these things. And number one being the most important. You know, all of a sudden, you know, with my marriage falling apart, I noticed that I was doing these things like writing letters to my wife and putting them in her laptop so that when she got to work and she opened up her laptop, this, you know, love letter of sorts would fall out and just hopefully make her day a little bit better. And I was buying her flowers every once in a while just because, you know, in the past it had been, I'm going to buy her flowers for an anniversary, a birthday, you know, there had to be a reason, whereas now I was just doing it because, you know, I felt Good about it or or I knew it would make her feel good and these things were just starting to happen but I don't want to make it seem like uh, you know there was no turmoil before that as I mentioned you know what I was figuring out who I was when I was going after this this you know dream these dreams of mine I had left her behind like I said and to be honest I don't think it just started there I mean when we started to communicate more and talk about these things I realized that for years I had sort of been not really, I don't want to say not caring, but I hadn't been giving her the attention she deserved. You know, she would she'd tell me when we started to open up to each other a bit more that I would finish work for the day and I would either come home or we would be driving home together and she'd ask how my day was and I'd go on these rants and raves about how horrible my day was and how much my boss sucked or whatever and I wouldn't even ask her how her day was it was just the Brian show. It was like, I'm going to tell you how bad my day was, but I don't care about your day. And I don't think consciously I didn't care about her day. I just think that there was so much, um, I was so miserable and there was so much that I didn't like about my life that I, you know, just avoided hearing about anybody else's or asking those questions. But it was in that time that I was chasing my dreams where things really started to get rough because... Here I was just, like I said, going, doing all these things. I wasn't really communicating a lot about about it with her, about my business or what I was doing. I was just sort of going out and living my life. And what happened in about, I guess it was March of this year, I think. Um, anyways, sometime earlier this year. Uh, things had started to improve, you know, the, because of the letters and the, and the things that I was doing. And just even just general communication things had started to improve in our relationship. We were talking more. We were being more open with each other. I was opening up a lot more. Um, And so we were sitting down. It was, again, earlier this year. We were sitting at home for dinner. It was just her and I. We are having this conversation. And she told me something that I never thought I would hear and honestly scared the living crap out of me. (laughs) Um, And just really made me realize, like, how important she was to me. Not that I didn't know it before, but this really hit home with me. And so what she basically told me was that at one point when I was chasing my dreams and trying to figure out my life and all this sort of stuff, that she had thought about divorcing me. Now, like I said, this is a person who has supported me nonstop for the last 10 years of my life. She's believed in me. She's been my cheerleader. She's been everything for me. And at one point she was thinking about leaving me. That is something that I never thought I would hear, I never wanted to hear, and it scared the life out of me. I mean, for weeks afterwards, I can remember saying to her, you know, like I was worried about doing something wrong because, you know, maybe she'll think that again. And I mean, we were past that, but it just, it it shook me to my core. It, it made me realize that, that I need to make sure that above all else, above my business, my dreams, whatever, that things with her and I, we're good because without her, all those other things aren't going to work, anyways. You know, she, like I said, she's that rock. She's that person that that I can turn to no matter what. And so, as much as it was the hardest thing for me to hear, and probably one of the most vulnerable moments of my life, because like I, I just emotionally, I, I was beat down when she said that. I, I can, I don't even remember if I cried or not, but I'm pretty sure if I didn't, I was holding the tears back because. Again, that's not something you want to hear. But like I said, what it's led to is now we have we're communicating better than ever. We talk m- about everything. we are more open with each other. Um, you know just that, that I guess that fear that that could have happened or that maybe it could happen again, you know and, and although I try not to think about that and try not to live in that fear, but it's back there it just makes me appreciate her that much more and it makes me want to work on that relationship. I mean, people talk about, you know, the honeymoon phase or that when you're dating, it's more exciting than when you're married and so on. But what I think, or at least where I believe we've achieved now is we're back there. I mean, I think we're at the best place that we've been in the 10 years that we've been together. You know, we're back at that honeymoon phase. We're back at that period where you're dating and things are exciting because you know, we, we communicate constantly. Like I said, we have a love for each other that is stronger than it's ever been. Like, it's just a great place to be. So, I mean, if you look at all these stories that I've shared over the last little bit, each one shows a moment where I felt weak or I felt like things weren't going well or that, you know, things were going to end, whatever way you want to look at it. But each one has taught me something and, and allowed me to push forward. It's given me the strength to, to do something better, to work harder, to, to fix something, whatever it might be. And that's again, goes back to my definition of, of vulnerability. So, you know, I, I think what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to get at for you guys is like there, you can go through some really, really horrible stuff. And you'll see through stories that are shared on this podcast from some of my guests that no matter what you go through, there's a way out, there's a way of figuring it out. And, you know, you've just got to be willing to first, you got to be willing to accept it. You got to be willing to, to listen, to not fight it. And then from there figure out, okay, what do I do to make my way through this or make my way out of it? Um, you know, it's not going to be an easy decision. You're definitely going to have to get uncomfortable at times, but, that is where you're gonna find the most growth. I've had more growth in the last couple of years of my life than I have in the first, you know, thirty-two of them. My thirty-three of them, I guess. I mean, oh, I'm thirty-three now, so thirty-two of them. But you know, the whole point is, is that that for that those first thirty-two years, thirty-one years, when I was in sale up up until I was thirty-one, when you know, sales and all these other things that were going on in my life, the, the I, my identity, like I said, was Brian the salesman. And I didn't really know who I was or what was going on. But in two years, I managed to figure a lot about myself. You know, my business is back on track. We've pivoted. We've changed up our whole business model, but it's working. We're getting traction again. You know, this podcast has started, which is something that I've thought about doing. I started as an article series and then realized the article series wasn't really working out. But I had always had this thing where maybe I'm going to start a podcast one day. And, you know, again, I'll bring bring my wife Ashley back into this because big part of me starting this was her sort of calling me out uh, just like my friend Eric did and said, just start, like, just start it. You know, I, I cause I had all these things in my head, like I got to figure out, you know, what's the format of a podcast? How do I do this? How do I do that? And meanwhile, all I really had to do was start and figure it out as I went along. So, you know, again, all these things that have happened over the last couple of years, none of them would have happened without some of those struggles that I've gone through because I just, I, I, Would have just been in sales. I would have just continued down this career path, uh, which wasn't even a career path because I really didn't think about what I wanted to do or who I wanted to work for. I was just sort of one job to the next, to the next, to the next. So, again, guys, you know, use your vulnerabilities. Think back to some of the most vulnerable times in your life and think about how you made it out of them and then use that to make it out of the next one. So the last thing that I like to get all my guests to do as you're going to hear in the the future episodes is at the end of the episode, I want them to give you three key takeaways, three things that you can use right now in your life to get through the struggles that you might be going through to overcome the vulnerabilities that you might be facing. I'm going to give you four and because I'm the host, I can do that. <laughs> so number one uh, for me is look within. So for me, looking within yourself and finding your inner child is key. I mean, that's sort of what I did, as, as you heard earlier on in this story that I'm sharing. You know, I, I looked back and I said, what did I enjoy doing? And for me, that was writing. And I've also discovered a lot of other things that I used to enjoy doing. Reading is one of them. Uh, going out rollerblading this summer as something I hadn't done in years. i you know i saw my rollerblades in the garage and i strapped them on and i remember getting out there and just this big smile coming onto my face because i just remembered how much i'd enjoyed it in my younger years as a teenager and just going out for you know an hour two hours and just rollerblading around my neighborhood you know so look within yourself figure out those things that you that you enjoyed doing as a child uh, for nothing more than joy because at that time we didn't have bills to pay and all these other stresses And figure out what they are and and maybe put down a list. Maybe just figure out what one of them is, the one that you really want to do. And then start doing it. Just start. Like, pick a date and start doing it. And I will promise you that when you do things for pure enjoyment, it's going to lead to other things bettering in your life. Number two is get uncomfortable. So I mentioned a couple of times throughout this story that, you know, getting into these uncomfortable situations, doing things that were outside of my comfort zone were some of the things that I felt the best about. And honestly, I think that's where we see a lot of growth in our life is when we get outside of our comfort zone, whether it was speaking in public, which like I said, I'm a confident guy and I like to talk, but when you're sitting there in front of a hundred plus people, it doesn't, it's not so easy. You know, there's, there's nerves that come up. And, you know, for me at that first speaking uh, gig that I spoke about with my friend Swish, I, I didn't even know if I knew what I was going to say or what I was going to talk about. I didn't have any credibility. I was just, you know, some guy that was chosen to sit down next to him and and talk about this thing. We talked about um, using Facebook or over LinkedIn versus LinkedIn to promote your business. Like I hadn't really been doing any of that, but, I got up there and I, I did the talk and at the end of it, it felt great. And it led to other opportunities, but I had to get outside of my comfort zone first, even in terms of the factory job, way outside of my comfort zone, but it's taught me a lot. So getting uncomfortable is key. The third thing is to find your circle. So when I talk about finding your circle, it's finding your group of friends or the group of people that are gonna support you through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I use the circle as a metaphor because it's a it's a closed loop, and these are the people that you want to keep in you know closest to you. And everybody outside of that loop is sort of the acquaintances, the people that yeah you're gonna keep in touch with. And sure, they're gonna help you, but these those those core people are gonna be the people that are gonna be there for you no matter what. I mean, one of mine is my wife Ashley, as I mentioned throughout this episode. You know, there's other people like my buddy Scott Birdie, who I met a couple of years ago as well on LinkedIn, who's now one of my closest friends and has supported me throughout my journey over the last couple of years, and. You know, he's going to be a guest on this podcast. My, my friend Kira Day, same thing, you know, supported me a lot. Uh, she will probably be a guest as well. Um, my coach Edwin, who has, you know, seen me through, the, even though we've only been working together for maybe the last six to eight months, you know, he's seen me through quite a bit of struggle in those six to eight months and shown me a lot about myself and helped me figure a lot of things out, including these tips that I'm telling you. I mean, these are things that I'm going to use moving forward as sort of my personal brand to, to help other people. Because I think that when we help others, when we serve others, that's where we feel the best. At least it is where I feel the best. So again, find your circle. The last thing that I think is really important and it's come into my life in a big way just in the last few months is feeding your soul. So a lot of us talk about mindset and changing our mindset, but what we might not think about is, is how, where our heart is. Um, you know, your, your mindset is important, but if your heart's not right, I don't think it matters what's going on in your mind because your heart is where you really feel from. And so for me, you know, getting more in touch with my heart has, is what's led to, you know, these deep conversations with my wife, doing these things to show her gratitude and appreciation. You know, and so feeding your soul, in my opinion, is really important. And ways that i found that really have helped me with that were writing, like I said. Um, you know, More specifically now, I write a journal every morning. I get up at 5 a.m. every day right now. And, and for the first 20 minutes of the morning, I'd, I'd exercise. Then for the next 10 minutes, I meditate. For the next 10 minutes, I journal. And for the final 20 minutes of my first hour of the morning, I read. And those last three things, I mean, the exercise definitely helps my body and everything, but the meditation, the journaling, and the reading are what's feeding my soul right now. And so I would suggest to you to find something to feed your soul, whether it's meditation, whether it's journaling, or even a practice of gratitude, which is something that I've been doing for a while now as well. Um, You know, it could be simple as just thinking about things that you're grateful for or writing them down, however you want to practice it. But feeding your soul is important for just making sure that you keep yourself... Uh, you should stay connected with yourself, that you don't go off track and that, you know, you're you're constantly opening up because if you're closed off, you're not gonna attract those people into your circle. You're not gonna grow as much because you're just gonna sort of stay within yourself and your head and all these sort of things. So uh, just to sort of sum them back up, first one is to look within yourself. Second one is to get uncomfortable. Third one is to find your circle. And the last one is to feed your soul. All right, guys, this has been, you know, uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm sharing this with you guys. I'm glad I'm putting this out there because, again, I think that the more that we, we share, the more we find people that can relate with our, our situation. And when we find those people that can relate with our situation, we realize that we're not alone. And those people can sometimes become the part of that circle that I talked about. I mean, that's what's happened for me. And I'm sure it can happen for you as well. You know, I'm excited to to get, get this going, to to get these episodes released, to give you guys some, you know, tips and tricks and, and whatever, you know, just life lessons in general. So I hope that, you know, this has been a f- great uh, first listen for you guys and that you're going to enjoy all the ones uh, coming up. We're going to release an episode each week. And yeah, I'm just I'm excited to get this started. So thank you for again for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to the Vulnerable Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps get the word out and means more than you know. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching Vulnerable Podcasts. You can also follow me on Instagram at The B-E Almeida, that's b e a l m e i d a. or by searching my name on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, please let me know as I would love to interview them for the show. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and see you next week.